Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Uh, we're joined today by the co-directors of this wonderful new documentary film, January 6th, and that would be Jules Nade as well as Gideon Nade. They are um, award-winning Emmy and Peabody award-winning filmmakers known for such films as November 13, Attack on Paris, President's Gatekeepers, as well as the seminal work 9-11. And this film is told from a very unique perspective of the heroes, first responders, and survivors of the attack on our nation's capital on that fateful day. It's an apolitical story of resilience and bravery that feature such people as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, D.C. Police Chief Robert J. Conti III, Congresswoman Liz Cheney, and over 50 senators and representatives, staffers from both sides of the aisle, and the police officers who were there to defend the Capitol. It's a beautifully done film. It is, in some ways, the most comprehensive film I've seen about January 6th. And uh, to both Jules and Gideon Nade, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having Thank you. It's a pleasure. In terms of your intent with the film to what you were hoping to accomplish. I mentioned it's an apolitical uh, film and it certainly is. Um, what was the what sort of the overarching sort of theme that, or the idea that you had in mind when you began to put this uh, project together? And Jules, I'll start with you in terms of what was your intent in putting all of this together? How did you, what were you hoping to accomplish? Well, I think what we really wanted to show, and we had seen the division, we had seen in the aftermath, of, of what happened, you know, people questioning whether it really happened, whether it was a normal tourist visit, whether these incredible first responders were really attacked and, and all that. I guess we kind of wanted to maybe set the record straight in a way, but again, not by doing a political uh, documentary. I think we've, we've, we saw how, you know, if you take a political stand, I think people, you lose one part of the audience or the other. And for us, what that's always interested in these, you know, seminal moments in history, we've seen it when we were with what we did on 9-11 or November 13 in Paris. Um, what we really wanted to show was a human story uh, at the moment where life can change within a few minutes. Uh, human beings, whether they are, you know, senators, congressmen and women, staffers or police officers underneath that title, underneath that uh, uniform, there is a mother, a father, a husband wife, a son, a daughter. And that's the story we want to tell for people to put themselves in the shoes of these everyday people or first responders who were there when the unthinkable happened, you know, their seat of democracy is suddenly under attack. And what better way for people to, to, to see it in a different way than to put themselves in the shoes of the people who were there in a very apolitical way. And that's what we tried to, to achieve. To your point of what you just mentioned, to see it in sort of with new eyes this day and, and what happened that day, I have to tell you, that is how it struck me, uh, having gotten some distance time-wise from January 6th. Now we're coming up on two years later now. So, And to see it, it was more jarring than I expected. It was more affecting me um, in terms of what I was witnessing, even though I'd seen much of the footage before. And it it did. It had an it had a 
I don't know where that came from, but sort of a distance, sort of a away from the event itself. And then to again, see it with new eyes. Uh, Gideon, um, have you had that reaction from others in terms of uh, people who've, who've seen the film? Um, is that is that an unusual reaction? Uh, I mean, not, not many people have seen the, the film. It's just, just a, a few, uh, the two festivals where we were invited. Uh, but... Uh, I, I completely understand uh, how you felt because this is also how we felt ourselves um, in, in in the in the days and weeks and months that led uh, to January uh, 6, uh, 2021. Uh, we all witness uh, those images on TV uh, a little bit every day. Uh, we never, you know, it was kind of diluted. It was diluted because you had busy life and you would uh, come back uh, home and you would watch a bit on your news. And also it was diluted because depending on the newscast you were watching, some were uh, showing more than, than others. Uh, the, the months would pass and then the, almost a year and a half after, the commission finally released uh, uh, its uh, findings. And there again, it was diluted over um over whenever you know the audience were able to to sit down and watch and here with this film that is two and a half hours long that really do take the audience from beginning to end without the possibility of stopping without the possibility of of basically saying oh i'll, I'll watch uh, i'll watch it uh you know in a month uh, because no here you are brutally uh put in the shoes of all those uh, uh, police officers and, and first responders <clears throat> uh, and you get really a sense like never before of what it was like to to be it was like a little bit like the 300 you know there's a Spartan taking a, a line in the sand and saying all right I have 40,000 people in front of me who just want one thing which is to get into the capital and on the other side you have a, a hand bunch of uh, metro and 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 uh, capital officers who have no ch choice uh than to stop them but they completely outnumbered they completely under equipped uh they had no data no one knew what was coming uh but but they they did their job and uh and if they managed to if the country managed to to breathe uh, a little bit better on that evening and to vote at, uh, at three or four in the morning, it's because those few police officers did the unthinkable stop between 25 and 40,000 people for coming in. Only, you could argue that's already a lot, but only a, a thousand or plus people uh, got in. But it could have been so much worse. We now know how much worse it could have been, especially the beginning of the film, the first hour, hour and a half or so of the film. It's almost real time. I think that the timeline get is very sort of compressed in, in terms of what we're seeing in the film. It does stretch out a little further as the film goes on, because we are, as you mentioned, we get into the voting. There are things that are happening several hours into this, but it's that real time on the ground watching people and then the people that you have in the film to talk about it. I'm particularly struck by a couple, the one uh, very near the beginning of the film, the filmmaker who said, I was in the crowd and I heard, and this woman walked by and she said, we're storming the Capitol. And sort of the shock, the disbelief that he was hearing that. 
And there's a lot of those kind of moments in the film. And there's a lot of new information in here for me. The one, and I, I'm sort of skipping ahead here, but the one that really stuck out for me was that Vice President Pence put out a note to the Congress beforehand saying, I don't have the power to do what people are telling. I mean, I didn't know that. It's the first time I've heard that. What an important moment. And I, I'm sorry, if I don't want to spoil it for people. Maybe I shouldn't even say that. <laughs> but but I, I it's, these are things that are, there's a lot of things in the film. Um, I'm digressing a little bit. But the people that you're able to get into the film, I was really impressed with who you were, who you had access to. And I don't know if I mentioned, but you're the first filmmakers to have access to the Capitol and Metropolitan Police Department. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, just a, a little bit of curiosity here in terms of gaining access to them. Uh, Jules, how, how did that sort of, evolve into what you had um well again no shortcuts you know that's you have to uh in these moments it's always the same thing is earning the trust you know trust is uh, is earned not given and so we first met with the uh, the office of the of the capital chief as well as the office of the uh, union chief of the uh, of the capital police and just you know explain this is what we're doing and uh, they were thinking about it and I would go we would go back to them saying okay we've interviewed that member or this member or that member and little by little they understood and they got you know report that you know that uh, people were happy with the interviews and they you know they were they were uh, they also knew you know again because of our 9-11 projects the the original one we did you know our standing in the first responders uh, uh, kind of world is, is pretty good because you know we're known as with people of integrity who have always you know uh, uh, done things well and kept our word. And then once the Capitol Police said yes, uh, we we went after Metropolitan Police, which took, uh, I think Capitol Police was five months to get the authorization and Metropolitan was nine months. And, you know, you take the time, you don't rush and you believe and, and we're lucky to have, you know, partners like Discovery Plus who are patient, you know, it's always... Uh, it's always a little bit scary when your your directors call you and said, "Oh, we need to kind of postpone the end of the film just because we're finally getting Metro PD." But you know, it takes a lot of trust on them on their part, and we've been lucky to to have incredible partners in in Discovery Plus to to do that. So, like everything in life, it's patience. It's um, no shortcuts, and you know, we're we're passionate. That's the only way we we function is only through passion, and that's how we're. I think it's a little bit contagious when they see us uh, sitting down with them and talking with a great amount of passion about what we do and what we're trying to achieve. It pays off sometime. And I think it did. Yeah, it did. It did. Well, you're certainly filmmakers who don't shy away from big stories. 9-11, November 13 attack on Paris, and then the president's gatekeepers, which is about the chiefs of staff for the various presidents. These are big topics, big subjects. Um, and and you obviously have the ability to pull all of those those kinds of stories together. Um, yeah, what were the things that you felt like were going to be the most challenging to be able to tell? Because as I mentioned before, it's an apolitical film. Certainly, I could veer into all kinds of partisan uh, takes on this, and I think anyone watching it could as well. But um, in terms of what you you know the thing that you felt like you really had to nail down in this film, uh, Gideon, uh, how, what would you say? Um, I I I think I'm going to talk for me, but I think I'm talking for Jules. But he will he will tell us after. The most gut wrenching uh, part was always when first responders were sitting uh, to be interviewed, were telling us 
recalling their ordeals. Uh, of many of them got uh, hurt or seriously hurt. Uh, at the end of the day, 140 would uh, end up at the hospital. But uh, uh, and and realizing that after the incredible sacrifice. Uh, Half of the country didn't believe that uh, what they've done uh, mattered, or, or that, e that that it even happened. It's uh, it's as if uh, uh, you know a crime happens to you, and uh, and the people you're telling to do not believe you, uh, and it's so you could see how. Uh, traumatic it, it must have been uh, and still is uh, for, for them. After everything that they went through, uh, it felt like a, a third or half of the country didn't didn't believe them. Yeah. Well, that there's this uh, some footage of them, the Capitol Police and the Metro Metropolitan Police, basically sitting in the rotunda, just kind of lying on the floor, just trying to come to grips with what they described in the in the film as medieval combat. Jules, I mean, that is wrenching kind of footage to watch these men and women who really uh, could at, at any point said, I've had enough and, and walked away from that situation and they didn't. No, and and I've, I'm in awe of these people. You know, we've, we spend a lot of time with, with first responders in our 20 plus career. And, you know, where we are always in awe of their strength, of their sense of family, their sense of purpose, their sense of courage and sacrifice that they display every day, talk to them and to see sometime how they explain, how they broke down, how all that. But the what I mean even more uh, in awe is throughout all that time, none of them had, you know, they all thought about it, but no, none of them decided to, I'm going to take my gun out and I'm going to shoot as many as I can because I feel the level of restraint that was justified in, in a lot of instances when you're being attacked with, you know, a lot of uh, difficult things. I thought it was, um, it, it was absolutely uh, incredible to see that, that restraints, that professionalism, and so, you know, we've always been, you know, very close to first responders, which for us as, you know, they saved our lives on 9-11. And so they hold a special place for us. But every day I'm in awe of people who, you know, wake up every morning not knowing if they might come back and, and put the the put their lives on the line for, for all of us. And it can happen at any moment and for any amount of things. So that was really for, for me. And I think Gideon said the same. It's... It's these sacrifices, these lessons of courage and humanity that they, 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 they showed that day that inspired us. Well, for me, and there are plenty of politicos in the film, people who were whose staffs were threatened, who there are some compelling, certainly the compelling uh, stories to be told. And it's those people, the staffers and the and the first responders who are the most compelling stories in the film for me. Um I just want to remind our listeners very quickly that we're speaking with the co-directors of the documentary film January 6th, and that would be Jules Nade as well as Gideon Nade. And they, the film comes out on January 5th, uh, 2023. It's being released through Discovery Plus. So be looking for this. It is truly, uh, it will take you through um, all of the emotions uh, of uh, that day and more than that. You'll, you'll actually 
you'll know more. You'll feel viscerally like you understand what happened there in a way that you haven't before. Um, I just want to make one observation and correct me if I'm wrong in this. Uh, with your work here in the United States with 9-11 and then also with the president's gatekeepers and now this film, in some ways you feel to me a little bit like Alex de Tocqueville in America. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't know if that's something you've ever contemplated. You are obviously from from France as well as <laughs> was Alex uh, Alexis, uh, and uh, I, I feel like your body of work in some ways is a look into sometimes the dark side of America, uh, but uh, nonetheless an observation on America for sure. Do you have any thoughts on that? Again, uh, do, you, do you feel in any way like you're an outside observer who who's brought this a, a different perspective on the American experience? Or I'm I'm touched by the uh, by the uh, of course by the comparison. You know, where he's one of these mystical, mythical figure that we learn uh, in school. But it's true that you know our you know we we're, we've now been here for 33 years. We've spent uh, you know six. 16 years for me, 19 for Chedeon, growing up in, in Paris, France, and most of our life that we know was raised in, in the United States. And so to have that double citizenship, to have kind of one foot in both places, I think allows us to, to, get, to have a, a different perspective, but at the same time, an incredible passion for this beautiful country that uh, uh, accepted us, you know, becoming uh, a, a citizen of a country is quite an in incredible experience. And I think for Shadeo and for mine, becoming American citizens was quite a profound moment that uh, was very important for us. But so to have, you know, we, we, we look at both countries with passion and with fascination and anything we can do to, 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 to tell a little bit of its story, whether it is in, in France or, or here. Is is something where that that we really enjoy, and it's uh, you've made our day with the uh, with that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a, a lot of Americans associate if there was a European country to associate with it, it's Britain. It's sort of more more Americans to seem to associate with that, which is ironic in the sense that they were in fact the people mm -hmm. we we had to overthrow in order to <laughs> begin our own our own country, but uh, the, we have so much connection with the French in so many different ways, not just the the support during the, the during the Revolutionary War, but also the, the, so much of the philosophy out of the French Revolution and so many things that we here in the United States have carried forward, we hope in, in the best possible way. So um, it's an, I just, I was curious what, what you, any, any, any observations on that or? No, no, no. I it, it's true that the, the the dark moment of history fascinates us, but I would say um, we always make a point in finding those little moments of courage and and optimism for for humanity in them. Uh, as Jules says, uh, it's always in the darkest moment that we we see those little lights yeah. that that keep us going and uh and that's always what we try to do uh focus on those well my congratulations to both of you on the documentary film january 6th again it's coming out on discovery plus on january 5th 2023 and all the very best and uh, i hope moving forward you'll find some time to come back and join us again thank oh, you so much. thank pleasure. you so much thank you so much for having us it yeah, thank you for thank the you. invitation
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.